invite up that are going to share a word with us. And after they share, then we will take a moment then to dismiss our children's for kids' crew worship. But uh, it's, it's a little different. But we wanted everybody to be able to hear the, the testimony of what God is doing in the life of Brad and Courtney Richard. And so I'm going to invite them up to, uh, to share with us and uh, as our choir are having a seat and, and all. They're going to come and, and just tell us a little bit about the call that God has placed on their life and where that's leading them uh, as far as taking next steps of faith as they pursue that call. So share with us. Good morning, church. I'm Brad Richard. This is my wife, Courtney. Uh, a lot of you guys know and have known her for a long time. She was uh, Courtney Angel for, for a long time growing up here in First Baptist Church. So <clears throat> she's had the blessing of knowing you for longer than I. But we started attending here a couple years ago. And um, God has called us to be missionaries. And uh, we're really excited to tell you about that. That's why we're here this morning. So uh, Courtney was actually called to missions by, by our God um, back, back all the way in junior high. So she has a head start on me. God didn't call me to missions until, until my college years. We got married in 2011, and we've had the opportunity to, to pursue missions uh, together now for the last almost coming on five years. Um, so for the last five years, we've been working to this end, and we still have a little ways to go, and we're, we're ready to, to move on now and, and share with you guys uh, what that looks like. So um, this summer, well, let me take a step back. Whenever we started pursuing missions together, we're not only pursuing just vaguely mission work, we're actually pursuing what's called mission aviation. And many of you probably haven't heard of mission aviation, but that is where mission organizations utilize aviation, airplanes and helicopters as a means of transportation to reach hard to reach places. So places that don't have roads going to them, um, jungles, mountainous areas, places that are hard to get to. If you were to walk to them, it would take days, weeks, and months. Aviation can cut that to a fraction. I actually was able to, to speak with an, a retired missionary pilot just last week, and he said from his personal experience, he would hike to some of these places and it would take days, right? But he could get there in an airplane in a few minutes. So it makes reaching some of these people very doable. It makes it an option. Obviously, it's an option before, but it makes it much, much easier now for, for God to get to these places through, through missionaries. So we'll be a service, we'll be a type of service missionary, missionary family. And uh, missionary, missionary aviation is only utilized by a specified set of organizations. Unfortunately, the IMB does not have an aviation department. If they need um, small aircraft to get in and out of certain regions, they will use these organizations that, we're, that we've looked at. The, the group that we've decided that God's calling us to is called New Tribes Mission. Uh, New Tribes' purpose is to fulfill the Great Commission, right? I guess probably all missionaries, all missionary organizations have that purpose. But whenever Matthew 28 says, make disciples of all nations, New Tribes' 
understands that to be everybody that, not only, not everybody that we see, but everybody that's, that's hard, to, hard to find, hard to see. These people that are out in the middle of the jungle that have never seen a missionary, let alone heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that is New Tribe's mission. And these people that don't have contact with the outside world, nobody knows their language. So New Tribes goes in, they learn their language, they create a written language, they translate the Bible to that language, and they share the gospel through that. They plant a church. So they start from the very beginning and hold out until they have a mature church before they're ever going to leave that tribe. And God has really called on us to, to that purpose. We want, we want to see every tribe and tongue come to see the gospel of Jesus Christ, have the opportunity of, of knowing the gospel and, and knowing our Lord and Savior uh, personally, just like we've had the opportunity. We've been so blessed here in the United States to, to have the gospel all around us, to have churches on every corner. It's such a blessing. We, we don't even realize how amazing that is. But so many people don't have that opportunity, and that's what God has, has called our family to do. So um, what does that look like for us? Well, New Tribes Mission Aviation has certain requirements that you have to complete before you're able to go overseas and and act as a missionary, as a missionary pilot, mechanic. And we've been working on those um, very, very hard for the last six years now. So in the past six years, I've uh, obtained my commercial pilot license, my mechanic's license, um, enough experience as a mechanic and pilot. They also require a certain amount of Bible school, Bible experience. And uh, that's what we're going to do this summer. We've been raised in the church. We've had a great foundation of who God is, who Jesus uh, came, or who, who Jesus is, his life here on earth, what he's done for us. But this summer, we're actually going to move and go to a Bible college in Wisconsin and get a little bit more thorough training of, of the Bible and also who New Tribes is and what they're doing, how they do it overseas. So that's gonna start this summer and then we'll have uh, more training after that on what it means to live in a cross-cultural, in, in a different culture, um, how, to, how to relate, how to take care of our children, how to take care of our finances, all these, all these different questions that we don't know. It's, it's a completely different environment. So we'll get to learn all that as well. And then on to a little bit more particular aviation training, learning how to land on the side of a mountain or on, next to a river. I've never done this. So we're excited. Um, so like I said, the IMB is not an organization that, that sends pilots. So God has called us very clearly to mission aviation and therefore we're pursuing new tribes. And one of the vital differences between new tribes and the IMB is that new tribes, each, each missionary has to raise their own support. Not only the missionaries on the field, but the staff that are here in the United States. And that's one of the things we really like about new tribes. And therefore, each, each dollar that is raised to support is going directly to a particular missionary. 
it's not going to overhead. It's, you know, funds are raised specifically for um, paper cost or, you know, whatever, whatever logistics there are. So it's a very streamlined way of, of running finances. And because of that, um, we need to raise our own support. Um, New Tribes considers themselves an enabling organization. They see the local church as a sending organization. So you guys will be our sending organization. We're so excited about that. We, we are excited to partner with you in taking the gospel overseas. So I think you guys um, can, can see how finances are important, but as important as finances are more important in so many ways, we'll be needing prayer support and encouragement and logistical support, all these different ways to get overseas. We're gonna need help. We're pretty uh, uh, helpless in a lot of ways. Not helpless. We need help. <laughs> we, we fully understand that. And, and we're uh, excited to, to raise uh, partnerships, to change our friendship relationships to more than just friendships, to, to more of a, a partnership level on top of friendships and relationships here. So what we, what we ask from you guys today is that you would give us your contact information, name, phone number, email. If you have our phone numbers or our emails, you can text us, call us, email us. We also have sign-up sheets in the back that if you would we, would, we would ask that you would give us some kind of contact so we can share more of what we're doing, what, what God is doing in us and through us in here in, in Chickasha. Um, I just drew a blank. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was wanting to spend all morning talking to you guys about this. We have so much information on what's going on, what we've done, what God's doing in our lives, and what, what we still have to do. Uh, Pastor Mike would only give us five minutes. I think I've already, I've already uh, overdone that, but <laughs> we would love to meet with you guys in either smaller group settings, one-on-one, -on -one, however we can make it possible to meet with you and tell more information of what's going on and uh, what, what God is, is doing. So if you'd just give us uh, some contact information, we would love to contact you and, and talk more. Thanks for letting us have a few minutes. Stay here, stay here, because we're, we're not done with you yet. Yeah, I did. I said five minutes, and the reason why is because when you spend time with Brad and Courtney and you hear them share about this, and they're so passionate about it, I knew that if I gave them the whole morning, you guys would all feel a call to missions, and you'd leave, and we'd have no church to preach to. So I can't have them take all of you, but we can send them, right? Uh, in all seriousness, uh, when, you, when you do spend time with Brad and Courtney and you hear the vision that God has given them and how he's called them and, and what specifically they feel led to do in the midst of this process and pursuing this call, it's, uh, it's really something that you, you want to get behind. It's something that I want to be behind, that as their, as their home church, that we would be not just, uh, not just partners in the sense of saying, hey, we knew them, but actively partnering with them in prayer and encouragement, financially, if God lays that on your heart as well. And so 
I would strongly encourage you to sign up. You mentioned the sign-up sheets that are available in the foyer. If you're interested in hearing them talk more about new tribes and the call, you can just stop by the foyer this morning and sign up with your contact information, and they'll be in touch with you. And over the next few months, they have a a few months before they're going to move to Bible College in Wisconsin. Over the next few months, they're going to be meeting with people and just sharing this vision of what God's laid on their heart and talking about ways that you can actively partner with them. And I think it's so important that we understand as they're as their home church, right, that we understand that a part of our responsibility to the gospel is that we take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so when God calls someone from within this body to something very specific like this, then that's not just a call on Brad and Courtney's life. That's a call in the life of First Baptist Church because they're a part of us just as much as we're a part of them. And, and so this is a call for us as First Baptists. God may not be calling you individually to land a plane on the side of a mountain. Thank goodness he's not called me to do that. We'd all be in trouble, right? But he has called you to participate in that work through the partnership and, and, and through your prayer support and, and really being in the trenches with them, uh, helping them to do what the Lord has called them to do. And so we want to encourage you to sign up. You'll receive more information about that, and, and they can visit with you about not only what New Tribes does, but specifically how God has led them to this point and, and what that looks like moving forward. And this morning, I want to I pray over Brad and Courtney. I want us as a church to, to commit to be in prayer for them as God continues to open doors and unfold the plan. You know, the, the way that God works in, in your life, the same way he's working in their lives. He's given them a piece of the puzzle. And they know that this is a piece. They have a vision for what this looks like to take this step of obedience. But there are so many other questions that they have, so many other things that they don't know. And they want to be faithful as God begins to open other doors and direct their paths that they would recognize those doors and walk through them in obedience. And so let's pray for them this morning that God would give them the wisdom to do that. And also that as we partner with them in, in supporting them and in being their sending church, their home church, that God will help us do what we ought to support that work and, and, and enable uh, what, what God's doing in, in your life. So would you join me now as we, as we pray over the Richards? Lord, we recognize your hand at work in Brad and Courtney's life, and, uh, and, and not only in, in their life specifically, but in their family. God, in the family you've given them. We know that this involves Henry and Annabelle as well, Lord, that that they're all involved in this together as a family and the call that you've placed on them. Lord, we pray that as you continue to open doors, as you continue to direct their paths, God, that you would give them the courage to walk boldly through that and also, Lord, the wisdom to to understand. Even as we study in James, we, we know that James told us that if we lack wisdom, we should ask and you will give it generously. So, Lord, where they need your wisdom, where they lack the wisdom that, that they need to take these steps, we pray, God, that you would just pour it out on them. Lord, as their, as their home church, we want to support this work because we believe it really it's indirectly, maybe even, maybe even more directly, it, it, this is a call for us, too, as a church, that what you've called them to involves us because we're a part of them and they're a part of us. Lord, this is, this is what church family does. And so, Lord, we want to be faithful to what you've called us to in that you've called the Richards out and you're sending them. Lord, we want to faithfully support the work that they're doing. And, and so, Lord, we ask that you would give us a, a glimpse of that vision as well. And Lord, in all things, we understand that the end of this is reaching people with the gospel. So, Lord, 
Prepare those paths. Make straight those paths even, we pray, that people may hear and respond to the good news that Jesus saves. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for sharing. So the sign-ups for that are in the foyer. We encourage you after church today to sign up. And, uh, and, and also, again, in the next few months, just to, uh, to, to be able to get to spend time with Brad and Courtney and hear more about this vision. All right, I'm going to take a moment now to dismiss our kids and our leaders upstairs for Kids Crew Worship. So they're going to head upstairs, sixth grade and under, to be a part of Kids Crew. And as they're doing this, let me also just say something about Kids Crew. This month is a little bit different. We have Mother's Day happening next week. And so because of Mother's Day next Sunday morning, Instead of doing Kids Crew on the first, second, and third Sundays of the month, this month we're going to do Kids Crew on the first, third, and fourth Sundays of the month so that next week all of our leaders and our families might be together on Mother's Day. And so it's a little bit of a change. We'll still have our three weeks worth of Kids Crew in the month of May, but it will just be adjusted slightly to fit the, uh, the, the, the fact that Mother's Day is next week and, and we want to keep our families together on Mother's Day, okay? So just something you can know about. We're going to be in James chapter 5 this morning. I mentioned earlier in our welcome time that there are notes on the backside of our worship guide that you can follow along with, so I would encourage you to do that this morning as we study together James chapter 5. Last Sunday morning, I was out of the pulpit, and Doug filled in for me, did a great job, and I'm thankful, as I know you are as well, that we've got a great staff that are able to do that. Uh, we're really blessed in that both Brad and Doug can both preach and can both lead worship. They're, they're kind of uh, utility players that can do a lot of things well. And so, and how fortunate we are that, that we have them as a part of our body. In a few weeks, I'll be gone again in May. On the, from the 18th through the 24th of May, I'm going with a group of pastors from here in Oklahoma to Latvia, which is in Eastern Europe. And we'll be going on a mission trip. Oklahoma Baptists have partnered with the Latvian Baptist Convention, and, and this will be a vision trip in investigating the work that God is doing in Latvia and looking at ways that Oklahoma Baptists can partner with Latvian Baptists, but also more specifically looking at ways that we as First Baptists might be able to partner with the work that is being done in Latvia. And when I'm gone on that trip, Brad is going to preach that Sunday morning uh, in, in May when I'm out of the pulpit again. And so I'm just blessed and thankful that we've got guys who, who can do it all, and uh, uh, we, we truly are blessed and, and thankful for the work that they do. Anyway, the reason I was out last Sunday is because I was running the half marathon, right? And so uh, people asked, how did it go? And my answer, kind of my stock answer is, I didn't quit and I didn't die, right? So I'm here. I made it. Uh, actually did really uh, well. I was pleased with myself. I, I shaved about six minutes off of my time from last year. So that's about a half minute a mile if you do the math. And so that was pretty good. There was a point, there's always a point when you go running where you want to quit. Like I was just ready to, to stop. And my younger brother, I had convinced him to run with me this year. So he trained and he ran with me. And, and I'm glad he was there to kind of drag me along when I wanted to quit. And, uh, and we did well. So Excited to be back this morning and be in James again as we are nearing the end of our study. In fact, this month, in the month of May, we will wrap up our study in the book of James. And chapter 5, of course, gets us into the, the last chapter with the text that we're going to study this morning. And so let's read together from James chapter 5, starting in verse 1, verses 1 through 6. James writes, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. 
Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You've condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. So all in all, a very cheerful text this morning, right? I mean, very upbeat and chipper text. Woe are you, right? Weep and mourn because judgment is coming, basically. Miseries are coming upon you. But there's an important word that, that we need to understand and, and, and even how this fits with James' message. Because James, you remember, is calling us to live in light of our salvation in Christ. He's instructing us on how we should live as Christians, as believers in this world, in this day and age where we find ourselves. And already in the book of James, a couple of times even, he's dealt with this idea of our wealth and, and, and riches and how we should live in light of that, understanding that wealth is temporary. And the point of this passage this morning is in helping us to see that there are things in this world that are temporary and there are things in this world that we can invest our time, our lives, our energy in that are eternal. And when we invest in things that are temporary, there's a judgment that's coming. And when we invest in things that are eternal, we will also reap the reward for that. And so I want us to look at this passage this morning. And, and as we've done along the way, even, we'll see some parallels. In fact, we've seen many parallels in the book of James between Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And even as I was reading this, maybe as I'm reading phrases like, your garments are moth-eaten, you have laid up treasure in the last days, maybe in your mind you are thinking of in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, where Jesus speaks about laying up treasures in heaven rather than laying up treasures on earth. Jesus urges us that we ought not to lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but instead we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Because he says, importantly, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And so we want to understand this morning how we can treasure things that are not of this world, but rather things that are eternal in nature. So let's dig into this text and understand this. The first thing I have in your notes is this basic and yet essential truth. that The things of this world are temporary, while the things of God are eternal. When we think of the very nature themselves of things in this world and things to come, the things of this world are by nature temporary. Everything in this world will pass away. Everything in this world will, will someday be replaced or go out or be used up. Nothing in this world lasts forever. And yet the things of God are by their very nature eternal because the things of this world are fundamentally rooted in the world, right? And we know that this world is, is temporary, and yet the things of God are fundamentally rooted in God himself, who is thy nature eternal. So it's important that we understand this. To make sense of this text this morning, to make sense of the judgment that he's speaking of, we have to understand 
That the things in this world are temporary, whereas the things of God are eternal. Let me offer you just a few examples from my younger years, okay? I want to reach back into my, my earlier years, and I have a few pictures that I want to show you this morning that are like my, my, my proof uh, that the things of this world are, are temporary. So exhibit A would be this first picture, right? You may be thinking to yourself, who is this guy holding these Grammys? That's none other than the fabulous MC Hammer, right? Anybody remember MC Hammer, early 1990s, the big baggy, crazy pants that I think actually are making a comeback? Uh, I'm not sure why, but uh, that, you know, I, I guess everything comes around again. The, the lines shaved in the side of his head. Can you believe they actually gave this guy music awards? Look, he's holding three Grammys there. But, okay, I would offer to you as exhibit A that nothing in this world lasts forever, right? MC Hammer. How about this next one? The Backstreet Boys, right? It's ridiculous that in the late 90s, this group was like the highest selling, fastest selling selling music group of all time. Can you believe that? Think about all time. Think about some of the great music that's been made, and these guys sold more records and quicker than anyone ever. And and it's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. But again, proof to us that everything in this world is going to burn someday, right? All right. And then third, this would be my my third proof. And you may be saying, oh, who's that lovely couple? That's none other than Britney Spears and Kevin Federline. Do you remember when you couldn't turn on the TV or check out at the grocery store and they weren't on the front of some magazine? This was before she went totally nuts and shaved her head and all of that, right? I mean, she went off the deep end. If there was ever someone who went off the deep end, she did. And yet, okay, here's the point. Not only did their marriage not last, but their fame and, and their, their youth and, and all of that, it, it passed away. Now, I, I picked some things that I'm intentionally poking fun at, but here's the point. Here's the real point when you think about that. The, the truth that everything in this world is passing ought to cause us to focus on these two things that we all face, and, and, and I'm serious about this. Isn't, this next part isn't meant to be tongue-in-cheek, Right? The, the fact that things in this world are, are fading, that they, that they pass, ought to cause us all to stop and think about two things that we all face. The first is this, valleys. All of us, at some point in our lives, will be in a valley. There will be a moment in your life that you will be able to look back at and identify and say, that, that was a low spot. That was even maybe, perhaps, the lowest of, of the low. Maybe today if you're here and and you feel like you're living in a valley, you need to hear this truth, okay? Hear this. If you're going through something that's really difficult, a a moment in time that's dark, if you're going through a painful, even even in, in some ways, what may feel like the very rock bottom period in your life, know this. It'll pass. The valleys don't last forever. See, some people have a hard time, especially when we're in the valley, we have a hard time seeing beyond that moment. We have a hard time seeing beyond our, our lowest point, our rock bottom, if you will. And yet, what we learn by understanding the, the truth that things pass, things, things change, is that even our valleys will pass in time. But secondly, we need to be aware that in the same way that that affects the valleys, that affects the mountaintops in our lives as well. See, 
there's a, a trap that we're easily lured into with the mountaintop moments in life that causes us to believe that because we're on top now, because we're at the highest point of, of life now, that that too is going to last forever. And yet, experience teaches us that in the same way that the valleys don't last forever, the truth is the mountaintops don't last forever as well. And so we need to be wise about the way that we prepare for the future. In Luke chapter 12, there is, there is a story that Jesus gives in Luke chapter 12. He's asked about, he's asked about uh, settling a dispute, arbitrating between a dispute over an inheritance. And listen to these words that Jesus shares in Luke chapter 12. Listen to these words. He told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So the point that Jesus is teaching is that we ought to be rich toward God. We ought not to fall into the trap, the lure of wealth, because wealth is temporary. And instead, we ought to be rich toward God. In other words, we should understand that the blessings that God gives us in this life are meant to be used as tools for his kingdom, resources, if you will, to build God's kingdom. And the judgment that is coming in James chapter 5 are against those who, rather than being what Jesus would describe as rich toward God, those who have lived in self-indulgence, those who have lived in, in foolishness, thinking that the wealth that they've stored up, their gold and their silver, was enough, would be enough for them. And so whether we're in a valley or whether you're in, on a mountaintop, you need to understand that the things of this world are temporary. We ought to invest our lives in things that are eternal. Secondly, and importantly, we need to understand this, that there's a price to pay. When we choose the things of this world over things that are eternal, there is a price that we will pay. In James chapter 5, we read of the judgment that is coming. In fact, listen to these words. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. There's a judgment that is coming when we, when we choose to invest our time, our energy, even our affections in the things of this world rather than understanding that the things of this world are temporary and that we ought to invest our lives in things that are eternal. There's a price that we pay ultimately. And James 5 describes this judgment that is coming for those who live for the things of the world rather than living for the things of Christ. What are, the, what are the things that you live for in your life? If you were really to look closely at how you spend your time, 
if you were to examine how you spend your money, if you were to examine what are the things that bring you the most joy, the most happiness, the things that give you the most satisfaction in this life, are they things that are temporary or are they things that are eternal? Where are you spending your, your life's capital, if you will? Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, I believe, how we ought to live. Hebrews 12 tells us that we should lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and that we should run with endurance the race that is laid out for us. See, what God has called us to is to understand that the things in this life don't last, but the things of his kingdom do. And so we should run with that end in mind. Our finish line, if you will, is not some some financial goal that we've set in life. Our finish line is not a a dollar amount. Uh, Our finish line is not not a, a, a position of status that we can achieve in the world of business or in our family. The finish line, if you will, for us is understanding that someday we will each stand before God and in that day, whatever we have amassed, whatever wealth, whatever resources, whatever treasures, the Bible would describe them as crowns that we've gained. That in that day, we will lay all of that at the feet of Jesus. We have to understand that the things of this world are temporary, but the things of his kingdom are eternal. And so for us as Christians, as believers, the answer is, that we, would, that we would focus on things that last. What are the things that last, right? What are the things that matter? Listen to this short list of words that, that I, I just I thought through. Things like love, sacrifice, worship, mission, purpose. All of these, I think, get to the heart of what Scripture calls us as believers to invest our lives in. In other words, our lives ought to be invested in in people, in reaching people with the gospel, in raising up and discipling those, peoples into mature, those people into mature believers who can then continue the work in reaching others. That's the call that is laid on us as believers, as Christians. And anything that God has given to us, anything that he's entrusted to us, is a resource, is a tool to be used toward that end. So what's it going to take for you to recognize, to realize that whatever you have been given, whatever blessing has been entrusted to you is a resource that you are responsible for, a resource that you must manage so that someday when you stand in judgment before God, He might say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. James 5 shows us what happens. It's a picture, really, of someone who lived a life of what it describes here as luxury and self-indulgence. Those who have fattened their hearts in a day of slaughter. We ought not to fall into that trap of trusting in our wealth, but instead trusting in God who blesses us with wealth, who blesses us with good things so that we might use them for his kingdom. What will it look like for you? How will you use your life's capital, your life's resources to build the kingdom? In a moment this morning, we're going to have a time of response.
And in our time of response this morning, I hope that God will press on your heart what specifically you need to do with this word this morning. Because see, here's what I believe. I believe that every one of us in this room, every one of us, and I'm including myself in this, certainly I'm including myself, I believe that every one of us need to hear this word because we need to be reminded that the things that we spend so much time with, the the things that we spend so much time pursuing, the things that we spent so much time working toward in this life ultimately will go away. We want to invest our lives in things that are eternal rather than things that are temporary. We need this reminder. I need this reminder in my life. This morning, I wonder, how does God want to use this? How does he want to use this to speak to you and say, this is where I want you investing your time. This is where I want you investing the things that I've given to you. I hope this morning that you would be willing to respond in obedience as God directs your heart as he directs your paths even, that you would be willing to say, Lord, whatever you've given me is yours. I lay it at your feet. I want to use it for your kingdom, God. My gifts, my talents, my abilities, my wealth, my family, my job, my position, my name, Lord, those are all yours for your kingdom, for your glory, for your purpose. That he might use you to build his kingdom. In our time of response, our altars will be open. And if you sense God is directing you, maybe it's something simple, right? Maybe it's something as simple as this. God is saying, you need to invest more of your time in in something else, right? Fill in the blank. Whatever it is that he's impressing upon your heart. Today, would you respond in obedience? Would you come even here in in prayer and lay that before the Lord saying, God, I sense you calling and I want to respond in obedience. Maybe for some, it's, it's not a matter of where you're spending your time, but maybe for you it's a matter of what your heart desires and you recognize that your heart wants for the wrong things. Today, would you be willing to confess before the Lord? Lord, you know my heart. He knows your heart anyway, right? Would you be willing to confess before him, God, I'm wanting the wrong things. Steer my desires so that I would, so that I would want the things that you would have me want. Steer my desires, God, so that I would chase after things that will last and not things that are temporary. However God is speaking, however he's calling you, I pray that you would respond in obedience. And and finally, certainly I would be remiss if I didn't say this as well this morning. For some, the call on your life this morning is not just about your wealth, it's not just about your time, it's not just about your resources, but ultimately it's about control, it's about your heart. Because there's never been that moment in your life where you have surrendered your heart to the Lord. There's never been that moment when by faith you have trusted in him and truly made him Lord and Savior of your life. So you've been trying to do it on your own. You've been trying to make it on your own through your works, through your goodness, through the things that you do, saying stubbornly to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to do this my way, in my my terms, on, on, on my in, in, in my own way, according to my agenda, and God is saying to you this morning that you need to surrender control of your heart first to him. Today, would you be willing, as an act of obedience, to surrender your life to Christ? However God is speaking, however he's steering and, and directing you, 
I hope that you would respond in obedience to him this morning. Our staff will be here at the front ready to pray with you, ready to receive you. Our altar will be open. And my prayer is that you would respond in obedience so that it might not be said of you what is said here. You lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. May we spend our lives in pursuit of his kingdom storing up treasure for ourselves in heaven, not treasures here on earth. Would you pray with me? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I wonder this morning, what specifically is God speaking to you right now? What specifically is God saying to you through this text this morning? How is he calling you to respond in obedience to him? If you sense this morning that God is and pressing on your heart something that, something that needs to change. Maybe it's, maybe it's an area where you spend your time. Maybe it's, maybe it's really about your desires, the, the, the very nature of the things that you desire. Or even perhaps it's, you recognize that you've never truly surrendered your life to him. If you, if you recognize this morning that God is calling you, to respond in obedience. Would you do this now? In prayer, would you say to him, Lord, I trust you and I'm willing to follow where you lead me. That's a bold prayer. It's a bold confession. We ought to be clear. There's judgment coming against those who live in luxury and self-indulgence. We want our lives to be spent building things that will last. Oh, God, may it be so in our hearts. Lord, today, help us to invest our lives, our time, our energies in things that will last, things that are eternal. Lord, have our hearts have our desires, have our resources, have it all, Lord, that it may be used for you and your glory and not for us. Lord, we trust you and we desire to follow in obedience as you lead us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. This morning as we stand together to sing this hymn of invitation, however God is directing you, I want to urge you that you would respond in obedience to him. Again, our altars are open. Our staff are here at the front ready to pray with you as well. If you sense that God is directing you, would you step out and trust him this morning? Take those, those steps of obedience. Let's sing together.
for sure, that there's coming a day in each of our lives when, when we'll leave this earth, right? And, and whether that is someday at the end of, of a long life and a race well run, or, or whether that is when Jesus returns, or, or whether it's some other point in between, we know this. The things of this world are by their nature temporary, and that includes, by the way, us, the things of God are eternal. And by faith, if we trust in Jesus, when we, when we pass from this life into eternity, we will be able to spend forever and ever and ever with Him in His presence, celebrating, living in the joy and the reward that He has prepared for us. And when that day comes, whether it's sooner or later, when that day comes, may we be found ready. See, the point isn't to scare any of us into thinking, uh, oh no, what am I going to do? Instead, the point is to get our attention so that whatever time we have, whatever energy and efforts and resources we have might be spent for God's kingdom. Whether we live 18 years or 88 years, right? At the end of it all, may it be said of us, well done, good and faithful servant. Today, I pray that you would respond in obedience so that your life might be spent for God's kingdom and his glory. Amen? I invite you to have a seat, and as you do that this morning, I want to draw your attention again to our guest registration cards. On these guest registration cards, by the way, the, um, I, this doesn't matter whether you're a guest or not. If 
you sense today that God is speaking to you and he's calling you to respond in some way as an act of obedience, we would encourage you to fill out this card and drop that in our offering plate in a moment so that we might follow up with you this week. We want to be able to pray with you. We want to be able to encourage you, even help provide resources that will help you take those next steps of faith as God is leading and directing you. And so if he's if he's instructing you in something, if he's leading you, if there's something he's calling you to give up or something he's calling you to pursue or how, whatever it is that the Lord is doing in your life, we would encourage you to respond. Let us know about that this morning so that we can follow up with you this week, okay? So if you'll do that and drop that in the offering plate when our men receive the offering in a moment, then we'll be able to follow up this week. I want to ask our men to take their place now for our morning offering. And as they do that, I'm going to get ready to lead us in a word of prayer. After I pray, Brad's going to come. He's got a few announcements that he wants to give us this morning. And then uh, after that, we'll, we'll kind of just keep rolling with things from there. Would you join me now in prayer? Lord God, we understand that even, even this, even our offering is an act of worship because this is, this is a, a physical, a tangible,